After weeks of significant gains, the market takes a slight dip. Plus, are we headed for a recession? The U.S. Treasury Secretary doesn't think so. And is the U.S. paying off its debt by way of a Ponzi scheme? Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt here with Eli and Lee. You guys doing well? Ready yeah. to get going? Ready to get going. Excited to see 60 degrees instead of the snow and ice that we experienced last Amen. week here. Yeah, last couple of days have been much better. So a slight dip in the markets to start the first full week of February. We do want to stress this comes after we've seen significant gains over the last several weeks. The S&P, for example, is up more than 7% year-to-date at the time of this recording. As for today's dip, there are a couple main items at play. Investors still keeping an eye on the last batch of corporate earnings. We've seen some big names take some hits, um, such as Tyson, which fell 4% after announcing its earnings. According to data analytics from Refinitiv, profits for S&P 500 companies are on pace to be 2.7% lower for the fourth quarter. And investors as a whole are still trying to get a lock on how the Fed plans to handle rate increases. They recently increased 25 basis points. You know, we had a lot of 75 basis point hikes last year um, with a couple of 50 mixed in there. Inflation currently at six and a half percent. So I think everybody's still curious, you know, are they done? Are they going to go more? What's it going to look like? And so that's still hanging out there. Guys, thoughts on that? Any initial points? You know, market got off to a good good start to the year in January, uh, but we're starting to see some earnings come in that, you know, don't look amazing. But no, the, the market going up, does not surprise me. Um, and as great as the NASDAQ has started off this year, um, I mean, it fell 30 plus percent. So, mm-hmm. you know, up 12, 13, 14 percent, whatever it is year to date, is a small drop in the bucket compared to what it lost. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, a lot of the bad news is probably behind us. Um, and so there was reason for some optimism, you know. There, there's this debate whether or not this is the start of a bull market or is this simply a bear market rally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's pretty good points on on both sides. Um, you know, I think that I think the markets are appreciating some of the inflation numbers that are coming out. I mean, we we knew earnings were going to struggle. We knew earnings were going to come down, um, and we're seeing that. Um, you know, the jobs number that came in Friday or that was posted Friday took That's everybody. It was it, it took everybody by surprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the consensus was somewhere in the 150 to 200,000 jobs, um, but it was over 500. And so what I think that does is it takes any thought of a potential rate cut mm-hmm. probably off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that it will increase the number of rate hikes but i think that it will prolong them staying elevated for a while Mm -hmm. um 
you know, I, I would be very surprised at this point, unless something drastic happens, there being a rate hike in 23. I still don't think I, the whole idea of rate cuts from here still kind of baffles me because it's like we got so used to like rates being so low and we're just now getting back to kind of historical norms. And so I think they're kind of to the point where they should just stay flat. Just anecdotally on top, top of what you're saying, Matt, the housing mortgage rates dropped by, what was it, 50 basis points or 75 basis points. And we saw mortgage demand rise drastically just in an instant, meaning that demand for housing is still there, which when when you go back to our podcast, I don't know, at the beginning of 2022, when the Federal Reserve was raising interest rates, why were they doing that? To slow down demand. Well, just in a small circumstance, people are flooding as soon as we see any glimmer of hope of rates being at a place where they want to buy because they want to buy, period. You know, I think that I was talking to a, a mortgage banker friend of mine and you know, it's not the refi market. It's it's these new mm-hmm. new housing start or new houses, and um, you know, people are actually telling their banker, "Hold off, we don't want to close." And then when they saw this rate, you know, interest rates go down, they were telling their bankers, "Let's close now." Mm-hmm. You know, and so lock we, we yeah, lock me in. We've seen it. Yeah. So so the uh, another big question, you know, the big R word recession was a big theme of last year. Like, are we entering a recession? Is a recession coming? And so that's still kind of out there. The question is, can we have a recession when jobs are still so strong? So latest jobs report shows unemployment at 3.4%, the lowest it's been since 1969. And U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen believes with those numbers, we can keep recession at bay. You don't have a recession when you have 500,000 jobs and the lowest unemployment rate in more than 50 years. So what I see is um, a path in which inflation is declining significantly and the economy is remaining strong. So what do we think? Do we think a recession is likely? Has it already happened? Or is there a good chance we avoid a recession altogether? You know, I saw something the other day that was talking about a rolling recession, right? My understanding of this, it was kind of a new term. I hadn't really seen that before uh, since I'm so you know young and everything. But the the rolling recession is like many recessions that are very specific in certain industries or you know segments of the market. Like that makes a lot of sense because a lot of the bubbles we saw over the last couple of years were very specific to certain industries, right? And certain parts of the market. And so you know, at, at the surface, that makes a lot of sense to me that that could be kind of how we do this unwinding. It's not this broad, you know, recession across the board that everybody feels at the same time, but um, it hits different parts of the market, different parts of the economy in different ways and at different times. Yeah, Thoughts? I mean, I, I think I think a rolling recession, a sector recession is, is highly possible and it's, it may be even probable. Um, and we've already kind of seen it sure. just in Absolutely. equity pricing well yeah. that's how it ends we'll look back and be like yeah that started in you know 2022 mm-hmm. and in the the last several recessions we've had we have we have confirmed it in hindsight you mm-hmm. know right. we don't necessarily know it while we're doing it but when we get past it we can look in the rearview mirror and we see it i mean do i think a recession is avoidable sure but i'm not convinced that um that will enter one um i mean we the, the economy is strong it is very very strong and so it's going to have to go down substantially over the next several months the one thing that we can we cannot ignore is the fact that there's still a lot of interest rate hikes that have yet to hit the economy sure. and so mm-hmm. this summer will be a very interesting you know time to see whether or not we do 
actually go into a recession. Well, that's why that's why I've I've said this for a couple quarters now. I wish they would just hit call timeout on the rate hikes because it's almost like how Powell and them talk about it. Like you know, it's like well, the one we did last month, you know, didn't wasn't effective enough, so we got to increase again. It's like you know that one's probably six months away from having any kind of effect on anyone yeah. in mm-hmm. the actual market, you know, out in the economy, and so. I wish they would just kind of call time out and say, we're going to let it, things run at this rate for a while. And, you know, in three months, in six months, we'll see how things are, are doing. Because it's not this knee-jerk reaction. We increase rates. People all of a sudden just immediately change the way they're living their life and spending their money. You know, you, you'd like to think that the Fed and, and, and Chairman Powell don't really care what the markets do, the stock markets, the equity markets, but they do. Absolutely. I mean, they, you know— they're not going to say it. Their objective is to keep rates low and you know unemployment at a certain level, and but they don't want the stock market to go racing up. I mean, I think that that would be the worst thing that could happen is for them to look up and see that the S and P is up fifteen twenty percent. You know, they don't mm-hmm. want that. You know, but they're not going to come out and say it. Do you think they? I would love if we could get back to the. I mean, remember the Fed meetings where you would like you wouldn't even know what they did until days after. And it was when someone had deciphered the letter they wrote, you know, like, I mean, it was not this immediate, like they weren't making speeches. They weren't, you know, they weren't digging into every, every word that was said. And it wasn't that long ago. Well, and now he has a press conference, you know, 30 minutes after. <laughs> they, so nobody even pays attention to the actual rate hike or the announcement. It's all, it's about, all about the language. About, and yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. And so it's part of me wishes like we could, there are things that they could do different. I feel like that would be a step back to where the way it used to be. I think we have probably another 50 basis points of increases. And then I think we pause. So what would that be? Two more? I think we have two. I think points? we have two more 25 basis point hikes. Coming and then month, month thereafter. Yeah. So March, I think, April. I, you know, I think by April, that's kind of, kind of one of the things I've been telling my clients is I think that by April, he hits the pause button, as you said, and and then just we're going to go through the summer and so what. See. So since since you're feeling good on your predictions, what <laughs> what are you what do you think the S and P does? Like is the S because see I don't think the S and P's I don't think the market is pricing in additional rate hikes. Like I think if we went fifty basis, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I think that's I think the market struggles with that. I, I don't know. I just don't think the mark. I think the market is factoring in at least another one. Okay. I mean, because because Powell has not given us any indication that he is ready to to stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he said it's point blank. There are going to be additional rate hikes. Now, could that be one? Could that be three? I don't know. But I just I, I don't know of anybody anywhere that thinks that he's done. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do I think the S and P Lee Mackey's opinion? Do I think the S and P is higher at the end of the year than it is now? I do. I think that I think that the economy is strong, and I think that the the consumer, which we are a consumer-driven economy, mm-hmm. I think it's going to weather the storm, and um, I think we'll come out better at the end of the year than we are or than we started. Now we've gone up a fair amount already, mm-hmm. right? You know, and so yeah, we could, could be we could be flat to trending slightly down. I mean, and, and still if, in the and year if the positive. Nasdaq was flat for the rest of the year, it would be up, Yo. you know, double digits. Yeah. So I mean. So, you know, I do think that there's, I mean, there, there, there is going to be more pain. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not sunshine and roses no, for the rest of the No, it's not blue skies ahead. No, no. There's still some unwanted. I just had a conversation with the client, that same thing of like, there's still some of this that has, that has to kind sure. of flush itself out, you know. And If I'm listening to this podcast and I'm, I'm not hosting this podcast, I'm thinking, they sound 
pretty indifferent as to what they think are going to go on ahead. And I think you should hear that in our voice because if you go back to June of 2022, so look at the stock market. If you're at home, pull up CNBC and click on S&P 500 or any of the indexes. Go back to June of 2022. That's right when it the market dropped really drastically. It has traded sideways ever since then. Yeah, we're up. Yeah, we're down. We've done these podcasts week after week of, oh, the stock market's up. Is it is everything better? And then it goes back down. Oh, we're, we're feeling it, the sentiment of the stock market seems to be really strong. If it's up, we're feeling really good about ourselves. If it's down, we're feeling really bad. But really, we just got to we want to see fundamentals be OK. Unemployment's really low. Earnings are OK. And as long as they stay OK, even with these extended rate hikes, should the stock market be OK? I would hope so. Well, and I think that goes and I know we've gotten off of our script, if you will, a little mm-hmm. bit. But, you know, the way we invest money is, you know, this year we are defensive, you know, and, and we don't know what lies ahead. We do know that the economy is going to slow, mm-hmm. whether or not it goes into a recession, we don't know. But we are defensive, you know, and we want to invest in companies that are solid, strong cash flow, great balance sheets, you know, a lot of dividends. So, I mean, kind of getting paid to wait. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but, if you're a long-term investor, you'll be fine. Yeah. If you are, if you are still working your way towards retirement, you should be salivating that that equities aren't at what they were in 2021. Keep putting money into the market. Well, the good thing too is you you make three or four percent on your cash now. Absolutely. Like, yeah. How long has it been since you could say that? And I mean, that's been the last decade has been a horrible time to be a retiree from a savings perspective because you were forced to go buy and put more in equities, buy more stocks, take more risk because you had no other option. Correct. Right. And so now we've got options. So, you know, there's a little positive spin on things, yeah. I guess. So U S debt ceiling. Um, this is last, last kind of topic of the day is the U S government operating a Ponzi scheme. That's what investor and commentator Peter shifts. Peter Schiff believes the U S hit its debt ceiling last month, but right now Congress has not come to any agreement to raise it. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen believes we can continue paying the bills until June when we run the risk of a default if the debt ceiling is not raised. Peter Schiff, who also serves as CEO of Euro-Pacific Capital, tweeted afterward that if the U.S. says it can only avoid a default by raising the debt ceiling, it's basically admitted that it's running the world's largest Ponzi scheme. Maybe a little bit of a, you know, a headlines grabber, you know, kind of a comment, but what do we think about his comments and you know, how big of a risk do we think that the threat of a default um, is on the markets and what that looks like? I don't know. I mean, I'll answer the easy question. And I'll let you tackle the hard questions. I mean, <laughs> how would a default affect things? It'd be horrible. I mean, it it, it, it would be bad. Um, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it would yeah. not be good. Um, you know, Congress seems to always you know, band-aid it, kick no the can down the road. No one wants to be that guy no. or gal. It's like the security, social security questions. Like, is social security going to go away? It's like, show me a senator who's going to be the one who, like, lets social security and the president, cease to exist. You know, you know? no president I mean, wants to be the president when... Yes, the, they're going to do something. Yeah. It's yeah. a matter of what and how long is it affected. You know, does it kick it down the road three months, six months, or two years? or So... Yeah, it would be, I think, pretty catastrophic in the short term for sure. Um, but I fully expect them to get something done just because that's what politicians yeah. do. Yeah, to me, it's just a p- people are using that as a political p- 
push. They they want certain things to be pushed through, and that's an end date where it needs to be pushed. Go back and look at it. If you're at home and you want to look up some, go back and look at how many times the debt ceiling has been raised. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. and and decide if if it's going to be raised this yeah. time. Yes, yeah. yes, it will. It's not not necessarily a concern. Yeah, yeah. Peter Schiff's known for some headline yeah. grabbing thoughts and comments. You know, it's just and you know, it's like all these doomsday people. You know, you know. All they have to do is be right once. Yeah, you know, and sooner or later, and it doesn't make they the, are. It doesn't make the fact like this topic not important. I mean, right. it is. I mean, and like we said, it would be really bad if it didn't happen. But yeah, to you know, the, there's always going to be people that use these opportunities to to you know. Stoke I mean, fear it, in it is an it is a fundamental problem. You know, I mean, it's just like you know, you've you've maxed out your credit card. Well, you go back to the credit card company asking for an extra couple thousand dollars. Because I won't get that, I won't hit it again. Yeah, you know. And six months later, you're back at the credit card company asking them <laughs> to raise your limit, and that's essentially what's going on here. And you know, it it's it's a mess, but it's been a mess for years. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot a lot of uh, fundamental issues that yes. are the reason we yeah. keep running into this. Yeah. So, um, as always, we we like to end the day with the thought of the day. This one's from George Eliot. It is never too late to be what you might have been. So that's pretty deep. Very good. Um, Well, guys, as always, had a good time. We appreciate everybody listening, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit Mach1Financial.com disclosures.